Hello everyone, my name is Marcel Reyes and welcome to the Revealing Yourselves podcast. I'm here today with Luisa Castro Rey, a 28-year-old Brazilian lawyer who currently lives in Portugal. Luisa, how are you doing today? Hey, fine. How about you? I'm doing very good, thanks for asking. Luisa, I know you have a very interesting personality and you also went through a lot of interesting and difficult life changes, especially moving to a completely yeah, different you. continent. Can Isn't you tell us a little bit more, what was your experience moving from Brazil to Portugal? Because I know you and your entire family moved, right? So it wasn't just you. Oh, yeah. you, you, you did move with your parents, with your siblings. Like, how was that experience? Can you tell us a little bit more about the whys and hows? Like, Yeah, well... Well, it's good and bad at the same time. So okay. good point of moving with your whole family is you're with your whole family. So you don't miss them on the sense that, okay, I don't live with them, but they're just here. I don't have to travel all the way to Brazil to see my mom and dad, which yeah. uh, I know for you is a thing. Like you're yeah. not near your parents, even though you call them every day is a bit different. My parents are just like across the street or something. Yeah. This is amazing point. Bad point is. We don't have a house in Brazil anymore. So all furniture, clothes, everything that we own there, we either stored it or we sold it because we have no place to, to live them. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. You probably still have things in your parents' home that you didn't bring from the US, but you can bring bit by bit. Yeah. They are still there. They are still yours. For me, no, it's like, take it or live it. <laughs> no background, you know? You had to detach from every possession. A you lot have. of things. Yeah. Man, what was the hardest thing? Detaching from my books. Books. Yeah, the books. Yeah, because books are heavy. You cannot <laughs> carry all the books that you love with you. That's just nonsense. Mm. You imagine how much you would pay for an airline to bring like 10 kilos of books. You yeah. cannot do that. Um, and I still like, well, paper. I know it's past. You have Kindle, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But I like my and, papers. And have you guys enjoyed Portugal so far? Was it a, a positive move? Like, have you guys regretted yeah. it? Like, what's the feeling? No, it was amazing because especially one of the points that made us move was, well, Rio, it's an amazing city. Don't take me wrong. I love there, taking vacations there every year, but it's not the greatest city to live anymore because of violence and all of that, mainly the violence. My parents were like constantly working, like worrying if we were going to arrive home, well, alive after a party. Yeah. The point that we feel safe. I can, me and my brothers, we all can go out at night. Well, not really anymore, but we could go out at night and all of that <laughs> and come back five, six, seven a.m. And my parents would not worry if we are going to arrive home like alive, if something would happen to us. Yeah. Rio was dangerous while Lisbon, it's so safe. You don't walk in the street like looking back in your shoulders to see if there is someone following you, if you have to walk faster, if you'll be robbed. Nothing like that. I can use my cell phone in the street while in Rio I couldn't. And Luisa, what is okay. your, um, what would you say it's the biggest difference between Portugal and Brazil? Because Brazil was colonized by Portugal, right? So I imagine there must be more similarities than differences. They're direct. <laughs> I think that's the main point on Portugal. They are really direct people which we are not used really used to in brazil uh you can be mistaken about being rude or sometimes even by being stupid but they are really direct if you ask them a they will answer you a and that's it so it might you might think it's a joke but if you go to a restaurant here and i'm not joking and you ask them like do you have pepper 
the waiter will look at you and say yes and he will leave he will not bring you the pepper because <laughs> because you didn't ask for the freaking pepper you ask if they had they said yes and they left if you want it you literally have to say all the words can you bring me the pepper please so this is a big shock in the beginning that you have to actually say it all you know? i'm sure you went through some funny situations because of that right oh lots of them more than i would like <laughs> no that's <laughs> great and have you been able to integrate well in, in the portuguese society like do you feel you belong there yes well i know lots of brazilians have problems but me personally i i didn't the the main thing is and well if i can say that a bit of like a tip for everyone that's moving to portugal or any other country if we're being honest is don't try to force your culture on them. You are in a new country. It's not yours. Just like accept, accept that's different. Accept that it's not how it works and you fit right in. And as I told you, I talked to everyone. So eventually yeah. someone said, okay, let's be friends. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. And was, was Portugal the place that you decided to open your businesses? You said you have two businesses. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, well, the two of them I opened while being Portuguese in Portugal. One of them is just like a little spa. So it's based here and I opened with uh, my mom and another in a Portuguese partner that we met here. And my other company, it's a bit more international. So I opened while I was here, but it's not based on Portugal. It's like an online business. We have an online law firm and we have lawyers all over Europe, we have lawyers in Brazil, we have lawyers, yeah, in the US even. So it's a bit online, it's not based here, but we open while being here. And how, how was that process? Like what brought you to feel like, hey, I want to start a business, I want to, you mm -hmm. know, pursue this, this type of um, thing? What, what was the motivation for you? Uh, well, for my first business, the motivation was uh, a friend of mine also called Luisa, also Brazilian. So we were in the beginning, like struggling a bit, like being impatient on sending resumes. And we were like, okay, we, we both have clients. We both have contacts, just like, let's start our own business. Like, why not? What's keeping us from that? We have clients, we have everything, we have the knowledge. So the first one was a bit of a mutual brainstorm. And this friend of mine, she already had a similar business in Brazil and she was looking to migrate. So she planted that first seed on me. Mm. And from there, we just moved along. That's fantastic. And the second one was talking with my mom about something that we both liked and was an area that she was taking a lot of interest in. And she started doing a lot of courses in this beauty area. My entrepreneur inside of me was like, okay, instead of you working to someone, why we don't open our own, own business on which you can be in front of it. You can do all the services that you like doing now that you're learning how to do. And we hire other people to work for us. And what advice would you give to people that, you know, always had this dream of like, you know, I want to own my own business. I don't want to keep working for someone like what, what advice would you tell them? Get a good support. That's good support from your family, your partner, or even like, business partners get have a good team with you accountant or a lawyer or whatever area do you have a good team with you because at some point 
you'll not be able to do it alone and you don't want your business to die. So you literally have to have someone you can count on. Just don't put so much pressure in yourself alone. That's awesome. Well, I'm sure people are going to remember that, you know, as, as they try to come up with a good idea or, or start. I think starting is the hardest part, right? Like taking it out of paper yeah, it and put it in practice, right? Yeah, it is. It's that fear that you feel, you know, in your yeah. stomach, butterflies in your stomach, like, okay, maybe I'm doing a mistake, maybe not. But yeah, just don't let your fears interfere on that if you actually believe in the potential of what you're trying to do or what you're doing go for it worst yeah. thing that can happen is it won't work you start over it's not the yeah. end yeah and i was seeing i was seeing an interview the other day and the person who was a very successful business owner he was saying you know there, there are two strategies if you're a person that has a lot of ideas and um feels this fear just like oh how can i start there's so many things like it can feel very very overwhelming right like because you do need to do a lot of things but his strategies he was sharing was first one is like tell people like tell your friends tell your families tell tell us to them they're gonna start like hey i'm gonna start this thing mm -hmm. in three weeks in a month or whatever because the pressure for them knowing you're going to start something is going to make you actually do it right like so it's it's kind of like you you almost tricked your trick your own brain psychologically <laughs> so it's like oh my god all these people are now thinking i'm going to start something i have to do it right and funny enough <laughs> it's kind of what happened with this podcast like when 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 i had to do my first episode i was like wow like I, I i'm not ready for this because of x y and z but like i told everyone i was gonna do it so like i have to do it right like and that really pushed <laughs> me hard to to do it when i started revealing ourselves because like if if i had not posted on instagram and kind of announced it i would probably have pushed it for like a week or two and maybe even never <laughs> launched it right so like it, it really worked um for me at least um uh, although this is definitely not a successful business by yeah. any means like you know just just like getting those projects out of paper um and the second thing that he said that I thought was super interesting is just like make a plan, just just write it down, all the things that you need to do and yeah. take a step by step approach. Right. Like, you know, j just put it at putting things on paper. Like if I'm going to, let's say, set up a restaurant, right, like that can feel so overwhelming, but it's like, OK, I need to exactly. think about food. I need to think about employees. I need to think about the building. Right. Like, and so every day you add more things until you kind of like have the full picture and then it's just about doing but taking things out of your head and putting them on paper like should be the first step and the second one is actually like start somewhere right like start somewhere because exactly. you need to start so i was wondering if you if you have this experience you know similar to what i was saying man i i couldn't agree more with you with what you said right now and i i can relate to that it's exactly that once you put it on paper it turns everything a bit more real, you know? It's like, okay, I can do this. It's a bit more overwhelming, but when you put like, exactly as you said, step-by-step, step, okay, to-do list or something like that. Okay, yeah. this is on paper. I can handle one task at a time. Yeah. Maybe it will take me a month, a year, I don't know, but I, I can do it. I'll do it in yeah. my time, but I will do it. And exactly that, once, once you announce to someone or you say, okay, I started a business. Yeah automatically everyone will start asking how it is how are you doing uh is this good is this bad yeah so yeah if you didn't start you have to say oh i, I gave up and they everyone will ask you why you gave up 
and you'll say, oh, I didn't even start it. That, that's yeah. not the yeah. answer that you want to give. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's, it, it's actually good advice. You don't realize you're doing that, but yeah, it's a good advice. Yeah, and, and, and now going back to um, you as a person, what would you say is your biggest gift or talent as a person? What is something that you feel, you know, you're really good at? Well, professionally, contracts. If you want a contract, okay. I'm your person. But Lisa's <laughs> life, I would say cooking. I love cooking. And I think I got it from my grandma. It's something I cherish. It's yeah, I love it. And what type of food do you like making? Oh, comfort food. AKA lots of butter. <laughs> lots of butter. And Lisa, how do you feel about your passions? Like, do you feel the legal field is your calling? Like, do you feel comfortable around that area? Well, legal field is a bit of a big word. Okay. I hate courts. So I'm the lawyer that hate going to court. I hate judges in the good sense, not like the person. <laughs> but yeah, I don't like going to court. I like paper. I like contracts. This area, yes, is my calling. For the other areas of the law itself, it's not like business law or something like that. Like setting up a company, man, I love that. Structure, yeah. all of that. Put me to do a process like civil procedure. Oh, that's torture. No. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and Lisa, when and why people should invest in a lawyer like what advice would you give because here in the u.s you have this perception that lawyers are very expensive um and a lot of people they they never um uh, not not even just here but like around the world they're like mm -hmm. i don't really know if i should go to a lawyer is it worth it like you know it's so much money like what would you tell being such a prominent star in this profession, right? Like rising star, you have your own firm, you're like, you know, ma making it. What would you give advice to people that never went to a law firm, never talked to a lawyer before? What would be your, your pitch to them that this is actually might be worth your time and money? Well, my answer would be that lawyers are not what they used to be anymore because can still find really like really brilliant and good lawyers that are not that costly because the big part of a lawyer's cost is having a physical law firm once you cut that out of the equation and it's just like you're paying just for the actual hours of work the cost is not that much compared of course to the damage and you ask me okay when should i hire a lawyer exactly when you ask that in the moment that you ask yourself, oh, should I hire a lawyer or when should I hire a lawyer? It's that the moment that you should go. Because if you're thinking about hiring a lawyer, it's because you have a problem. Hmm. And you don't want to snowball that. Because lots of my clients end up paying more for me because I have to fix masses that they did thinking that they could do my job. Not my <laughs> lease, like a lawyer's job. And yeah. most people cannot, of course, maybe one or two, but most people cannot. And you end up creating, digging a hole for yourself that your lawyer will have to pull you out. So don't dig the hole in the moment that you start it's thinking, like, go it's, for it's, a lawyer. So it's almost like you want to invest in a lawyer as soon as a problem arises, because if you try to solve it by yourself, and especially if it's something complex, you're just going to create more problems and those problems are going to cost more money, right? Yeah, or, or not even create more problems. Maybe you just like not solve them and that will cause you more problems in the near future. Yeah. So if you don't protect yourself 
right now that may be because you for you in five six seven eight months if you have a good contract that will not be so costly for you you have a, something saving you from problems yeah but yeah so Luisa, what would you like to reveal to our audience today what would you like them to know about yourself well i would like to reveal to everyone that well my life is a bit of a mess <laughs> it's like a good mess but it's a mess it's overwhelming. It's a lot of things happening at the same time. It's having my day job, having my companies, studying. And I was always like that. So what seems to everyone else to be like a chaos, it's where I feel comfortable with. If everything is too calm for me, something is going wrong. So Lu Luisa, I guess it's a good mess. And, and Luisa, where do you think that comes from? This sort of... Um craving of chaos, craving of, you know, multiple things happening at the same time. Were you always like this? Was it because of your, how you were raised by your parents? Like, so I guess it's a bit of both because growing up, I, I remember doing like four sports at a time. My parents never forced that on me, but they always liked to keep doors open for me so I could choose, which mm. growing up was great. But at the same time, gotcha. I found out passion in more than one thing. So not really focus in one. So. And do you think that having so many choices is what made you try to take them all, like as many as you could? Yeah, a bit of that. And then also learning to find interest in more than one thing, not focus like, okay, I'm good at this, so I'll only do this. No, for me, it was always a bit of an eager. So oh, I'm good at this. Oh, but I can also be good at something else. So yeah, let's try something else. And that's a bit of a snowball, you know, you mm -hmm. keep finding new interests and keep finding things that you can potentially be good. And on that, you find another thing interesting and that keeps going on like a cycle. And how, how are you able to try to achieve perfection doing so many things at once? What's your strategy? It's focus on things that you like, because I know it's the big and a huge cliche, what I, what I just said, but it's true. Once you do something that you like, you don't feel like, you know, that you're putting that much effort into it, even though you are, you can be losing hours and hours and days on that, but it doesn't tire you as much as if you were doing something that you don't like. So when you find little passions, you are able to do it more because at some point, I think I just realized that it wouldn't be perfect. I'm a bit of a perfectionist, but it will never be perfect. So I'll just give my best on that matter for as long as I'm doing that. And that's how I keep up. And does, does that make you tired? Like, have you ever felt, you know, like, I love this, but it's also it's too much. Like, I need a break. I need I need to not focus on so many things at once. Yeah, once a week. That's like once my a week. <laughs> That's a normal Wednesday in my life. The day that like, okay, I had, I woke up early, I had meetings, I had to meet clients. And then in the end of the day, I still have my own business. I still have my own law office. So I have to take care of my other clients out of the eight to five routine. I have to go to my salon to take a look, see if everything is doing great, if the accountant's going well. And then in the end of the day, when you go like take that shower, eat some, like some comfy food, because those days you need some comfy food, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. And you're like, just like, what am I, 
what I'm doing, like what I'm doing with my life. This is too much. Lisa, just like give up on one thing or two, focus on one and go. And then in the next day you wake up renovated, like, okay, this was just a crisis. I think it can still do it. So, so, yeah. so. And Louisa, do you feel that the people that know you, the people that work with you, do they, do you think that they know you do so many things or is that something that you feel like they have no idea? Like I, 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 I never really talked about this with others. Like what is your perception about others perceptions of you yeah the perception is you are doing too much <laughs> you, you should do less yeah yeah sometimes yes but they also see that i'm happy so they 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 see that it's not something that's doing a damage in my life or something like that they like mm -hmm. hey you're doing too much but but it's fine you're managing it's not taking a tool in you so yeah. and let me ask you a good. different question on, on the revealing ourselves aspect of it what is something that you think people think you are, but you don't feel the same way? Or like, what is a wrong perception that people might have about you that you're like, you know what, I want to, I want to change people's minds about me in this aspect. Does, does anything come to your mind? Yeah, lots of people saying I'm too serious. <laughs> or, or even that, or that I don't talk a lot. Yes, I don't. Everyone that knows me a tiny bit knows that. I don't stop talking. I'm like a non-stop talker. If you <laughs> let me, I'll talk to the wall. It's just like, so when someone say, oh, you're too quiet. You don't talk too much. You're not serious. Like, uh, it's just because you don't know me. Uh, mm. I'm not someone that you have to take like every single word seriously. Okay. When I'm working, yes. But when I'm not in my personal life, not the close shot. Like, no, no. Do you feel that they might be intimidated by you because you know they think that uh yeah sometimes maybe but i don't think intimidate is the right word i would okay. say more like i i'm i'm when i'm working i'm a different person i'm reserved and i'm focused so if i'm doing a task i won't be like looking aside or trying to chit chat with someone i will be doing that and that's yeah. maybe why some people have the idea that i'm serious it's just like okay you just don't didn't well, man me outside of my work environment. Those hmm. are two different Louises. Yeah. Do you think that's healthy? Yeah, I think it is because, for example, if I was a total blabber as I am in my personal life at work, I yeah. would have been fired a long time ago. Someone okay. would be like, okay, shut up and get the hell out of here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's good to, in this point, to compartmentalize a bit. Like, okay. At work, I need to be focused. I need to be quiet. You, you see, it's more a need. So that that box of my life, I'm like that. And for all the rest, I can be, well, me. I can talk. I can be funny. I can try to be funny. Yeah. I can, well, just be me. No, yeah. And the reason why I ask is because I I ha had people tell me the same thing. You know, they, they, they told me like, Marcel, you're too serious. Like you, you intimidated me, you know, when <laughs> I was working with you. And I was just like, wow, I, I was thinking the, the calmest guy on the planet and everything. But I did start realizing how intense I'll be in the work environment. Like you were saying, I, I, I was also a completely different person because I was so focused. So like, I need to get stuff done. No time for games, no time for fun. It's like work, right? Like that kind of mentality. Do you think this comes from the, the our career choices? Like, you know, going to law school and having this more like aggressive, intense environment. Like, where do you think that comes from? Because I, I do relate to what you said. 
Yeah, I think it's a it's a mix because if you think about it, both of us, you and me, we grew up pretty much together and in the same neighborhood. We have really similar backgrounds, like school wise and all of that. Yeah. And if you think about it, schools in Brazil, you gotta be quiet. You gotta sit in your desk. Don't talk in class. Don't laugh. Don't do any of that. You go to college. You pass through the same process. Okay. Look in the board. Take notes. Study. Don't talk in class. Don't laugh. And then law school. It's well. It's a bit overwhelming. And then you pass again through the same process. When you're in court, you cannot interrupt the judge. You cannot be laughing. You see, it's like a really serious environment. So I think yeah. in the end, yeah. that's really contributes to how we behave at work. If you start laughing in the middle of a law firm, people literally look at you and say, okay, are you crazy? Do you need a timeout? Do you need to go out for lunch? Like what's yeah. going on? Yeah, it's almost so like- I think you, we train ourselves. It's almost like you lose respect of people if you're not this super serious kind of person in the work environment, right? Yeah, and well, I don't know you, and added to that, I'm a person that I, I lose focus quite easily on the sense that if I'm writing, I don't know, a contract, I'm fully in on that. And if someone interrupts me, not work-wise, but like, okay, making a joke or something, something clicks out of me. And then when I restart the contract or whatever I'm doing, I have to reread it all because mm. I lost where I was in my thoughts and all of that. Yeah. So it's double the work. So I think that's why we are so intense. Like you close your face, you're not being friendly. Like, okay, no one talked to me. It's now serious yeah. business right now. Otherwise we'll have to be restarting my work every five minutes. And it's not just doable. So. And Luisa, is there any other topic that you want to explore in our podcast today? Hmm. I think, yeah, immigration is a big thing because okay. being an immigrant yeah. can be hard and we're overwhelming at some point. It, it, it can be hard. We, okay, I didn't have much. Uh, I know that I did not personally have much problems as an immigrant. Still, it's overwhelming. And this first two or three months that you have to sort all the papers, you have to go through immigration mm -hmm. services and all of that, that can make those first months can be so overwhelming that you can start doubting if you made the right decision and looking for jobs, especially wise in the new country can be hard. Don't give up. If you really want that, that, that will pass. This overwhelming period will pass and you'll start to fit right in just after that. Yeah. All right, Luisa, thank you so much for providing all the answers and being on the Revealing Ourselves podcast. It was such a great pleasure to speak with you today. And I'm very happy that you're developing your career, living in a different country with your family, positive as a person, making sure you can handle multiple things at once without feeling burnt out. So, so thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for inviting me. It was was really great. And it's always great to talk to a friend and, well, help them in their personal projects. And this, this project is just amazing. I told you this from start. And thank you for inviting me. It's just great. Thank you so much. And for all of you listening, thank you for your attention and patience as well with both of us here. So this is the Revealing Ourselves podcast. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to follow the page and subscribe. 
We're going to be dropping a podcast every week. And this was Luisa Castro Ray podcast talking more about her life, exploring different topics about her personality and, and move to Portugal. And I love this podcast today. So thank you, everyone, and have a great day.